In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually. Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes. Today, we're diving into one of the most popular TV shows currently on the air, The Walking Dead, which I somehow am like the only person who hasn't seen, despite living (laughs) in Georgia, where it is filmed and a huge phenomenon. This is a big hole in your pop culture Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) It stars Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes, a police officer who goes into a coma and wakes up 30 days later, which is the plot of 28 days later, but with two extra days. Two extra days. days. It's it's completely different. It's two extra days. That makes it totally different, Yeah. To find himself in a completely changed world. I wonder what could be different. Oh, and now I see that you have written a script that's what I already (laughs) just said, which is that I know almost nothing about it, even though it's filmed in my adopted home state of Georgia. And today we're going to watch the first two episodes. Yes, uh, we were originally going to do the first three episodes because that's kind of the pattern that we've established. Except with The Last Airbender, but yes. Oh, yeah, Last Airbender was five episodes, fair. But that's because they're, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> right. But, like, but like with most, uh, like, hour-long shows, we, we figure, okay, we'll watch three episodes because they're about 45 minutes with commercials each. Right. Sopranos, Doctor Who, The Avengers. Right. The, the reason that we're not doing that here is that the first episode of The Walking Dead is 67 minutes long. It's, like, very much the, the scene setting, like, you know, this is the world and we don't give a fuck about your time limits. So sort it's, of, an, it's, it's like an episode <laughs> plus, even though it's not even on a premium cable channel. That's, like, a big thing. Yeah, for, it's on AMC. For AMC, because yeah. HBO does nonsense like that, but... Yeah, no. So the, the, I mean, the, this show is, like, a complete ratings monster. Uh, no, that's, no, That's a true fact. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, there's no comparison to how many people seem to be obsessed with spoiling this show for me on Twitter. I just, I cannot deal hey, with... Hey, <laughs> NPR spoiled this, spoiled part of this show a couple days ago. I mean, Aww. people were people were all... I mean, I had actually, I had already seen what they, the thing that they spoiled, I had already seen. Don't tell me, I might not know. I'm not, I'm not current with the current season. <laughs> okay, well, the thing that, I won't tell you what it is, but the thing that happened, I had actually already seen when the episode aired, and then like two weeks later, they did a, they did a story that was like, but did this thing really happen to this character? Yeah, okay. I know, I know what the thing is that they're referring to because I've had that spoiled for me by Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, let's Sorry. go watch a much, much earlier episode, specifically the first two episodes of season one. You can find them on Netflix and probably a bunch of other places. All right. And I should bring some sort of zombie killing implement with me to watch this show, right? Yeah. Your, your options are baseball bat, hatchet. Uh, you can bring just like a, a sharp knife. You know, really, if you find something in your kitchen. This is a lot of really like... You're you're describing a lot of really like close up methods of zombie killing, and I'm a little concerned about this. Like, don't you just shoot for the head? Well, that's not necessarily the best decision you'll make. It might be your last if you decide to only go with a gun. You'll you'll see why. So, oh man, this is going to be some different <laughs> zombie something happening here. Interesting. Yeah. I am now uh, very intrigued. So okay, so we're gonna watch this. Talk to you after the break. Bye. 
Hey guys, Emily and I are off watching episodes 1 and 2 from season 1 of The Walking Dead. You can find those episodes on Netflix if you have a Netflix subscription. If you don't, you can also buy them in all the usual places, Voodoo, Apple, Amazon, etc. Uh, however you watch it, it's just the first two episodes, which are called Days Gone By and Guts. And uh, word to the wise, I've discovered over the years that it's a really bad idea to be eating while watching The Walking Dead. So, you know, finish up whatever food you're currently enjoying if you happen to be eating right now. Then go watch The Walking Dead. Then come back to hear us talk about the first two episodes. There will be blood and there will be spoilers. See you soon. And we're back. We just watched the first two episodes of The Walking Dead. Uh, yes, we and did. Before I weigh in, um, Eric, let's hear why you like this show. Uh, so I think just from the two episodes we watched here, I have to be careful about what I say so that I don't sort of, you know, give away stuff that happens later in the series. Because this show has been going on for quite some time now. Six seasons um, now? Seven? Something like that? I think it's currently in six. Yeah. I think it's six. I think it's in the middle of season six. Um, the th- something that I really, really like about The Walking Dead is when it slows down. So um, there are obviously some very exciting, you know, action scenes. Uh, I guess in the first episode, the first action we get is the the police chase that leads to Rick being injured, and we also get um, you know stuff like the uh, Glenn driving the car in the second episode with the, the the alarm and the quick escape from the department store. There's a lot of like you know very action movie esque scenes, yeah. and also some I'm very. I'm a little concerned about like aren't the zombies following him? I mean, it was just a funny end to the episode. I don't think they really... I, for, I forget if they ever address it in, in the next episode. Um, but, like... Anyway, sorry. I, I, I really... I'm just confused as to why they didn't use the grenade far away as the draw instead of yeah. Glenn riskily driving a car. Sorry, I totally derailed you. I thought they were going to do that, too. When I was, It's been years and years since I've seen these episodes, and so I thought exactly the same thing. I'm like, oh, right. Rick's going to throw the grenade to draw them away. Uh, so maybe that comes up later. I, I honestly have no recollection of... Uh, I would hope they used that grenade later because Chekhov. Yeah, Chekhov's grenade. Yeah. <laughs> no, do not say the Chekhov gun, Cyril. I, I that, just, sir, I, yeah. is a facile argument. And also woefully esoteric. <laughs> um, anyway, but, I'm shutting up now. I, well, no, just to defend, I just I do I do like those scenes a lot. The, those moments of either action or where it's really you know tense and things like that. Um, but I but I also um. I like when the show uh, chooses to slow down in specific ways. There's there's a lot of, over the course of the series, there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of times where it slows down way too much or in completely, like, off-putting and overly melodramatic ways. I'm not going to make the case... I'm not going to make the case that this is a perfect series by any definition, but these episodes, these uh, have... The, the, these episodes reminded me of like, oh right, there are, there are times you know when they do this or that where it's just like um, that they have a lot of time to do in the first episode because it's so long, where it's like, hey, they actually know how to like sell that moment and make this feel really like um, feel really real in in, in 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 a weird way. So uh, Emily, what did you think of the first two episodes of The Walking Dead? 
Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was um, it was pretty gross uh, yeah. at various points. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I don't know how much binge watching of it I might do just because it was super gross. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, this is the show that I've uh, I often watch with uh, some of my closest friends, and it's like a running joke because we always forget that we should not eat during The Walking Dead, but we oh always my God. like yeah, we always get food, and, it, and we always forget until we've already never, bought the food. Never. Oh wow the horse at the end of the first I mean oh my god and the second episode with the guts <laughs> oh also I have to say um, that was actually it was it was co- totally gross but one of my favorite uh, things was like before they actually explained what they were doing like it was I mean it was kind of clear like where they were going with the smearing themselves in guts things like as soon as he said wait we smell different from them um and when he did the whole little thing where he was like he had 28 dollars in his pocket when he died in a picture of a pretty girl with love from rachel he used to be like us worrying about bills or the rent or the super bowl if i ever find my family i'm gonna tell them about wayne talking about the guy and like oh, like figuring out stuff about his life and like remembering that he was a person and whatever right. the person that they were smearing themselves in and then Glenn was like one more thing he's an organ donor and that, then that's... they smeared themselves in his... like I loved that that was it was so gross and dark perfect and line. completely sick but like a, yeah a really perfect line I you know I wouldn't have hated more of those and I don't know maybe there are more later on it was it was kind of weird that it was just that one line. Like I don't know, maybe that kind of humor picks up more. Like I could see how it get it could get to be overkill, but like I don't know. Overkill, uh, huh. good. But a good, few, good word. Huh, yeah. But a few, I think a few more of those wouldn't have killed, wouldn't have hurt. You know. Yeah. Um, well, a little I, more I, of that levity. I, I think the um, one of the things that you saying that is making me realize and that is significant is that. Um, the show is obviously about the aftermath of something extremely traumatic and some, you know, a, a gigantic catastrophe. And uh, it's the show is not consistently funny, and I think it's just purely because it's just down to the individual characters as to how do they respond to tragedy. So Glenn, you know, from the first time we hear him where he's saying like, Hey you! Dumbass. Yeah, you in the tank. Cozy in there? Yeah, you know, he, that's yeah, kind of he's his... Got, he's got some humor. He's got a little bit of an edge to him. Uh, and there's other characters, who, like like Lori, uh, who we, we, I guess, meet a little bit of in the in the second episode. Poor um, life choices that are clearly about to get complicated. Oh, yeah. Real fast. Really fast. Um, uh, characters like Lori, who just are, like, pretty much humorless. Um, and it's, this, this is a show that, uh, one of the reasons I watch with some of my friends this is a show with some characters who were just like i hate you i hate this character so much (laughs) Um, yeah which actually that was that was going to be my first comment um (laughs) i kind of got i derailed myself a little bit but my first comment was actually going to be like a little bit of a caveat where like this has been sort of a weird viewing this was sort of a weird viewing experience for me um i feel like more than a lot of the other things that we've done for this i um I was I was finding it a little weird because like I I feel like I already know stuff about these characters that I'm not supposed to know yet and like I feel like I have yeah. opinions about them that I'm not supposed to have yet. Like 
Do a lot of people <laughs> hate Andrea? Because I feel like I've read that a lot of people hate Andrea. Yeah, she is kind of a moron. <laughs> yeah, so then that's the thing is it's like as soon as she showed up and she was like holding a gun in his face and then somebody called her Andrea, I was like, oh, that bitch. Everybody hates her. I'm like, wait, why do I know this? I know. Like, I'm not supposed to have an opinion about this person yet. And like, I know about Glenn is all I'll say. Yeah. Again, with NPR and also the internet. Um, yeah. So like that was kind of weird to me. Um, that, like. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, well, that's kind of the, one of the things is that um, there's sort of two ways in which uh, people, in which a non-viewer of the show might have been spoiled. One is just cultural osmosis because this is like a that. ratings monster, like I said earlier. But the other thing is that this uh, the show is also based on a series, an ongoing series of comic books. And so um, my experience coming into the show was I was a fan of the comics. I had I had oh. read, um, you know, maybe a couple months worth of the comic series. And I uh, started watching the show through Netflix. And one of the uh, really interesting things is that the TV show, uh, as an adaptation, kind of picks and chooses uh, where it goes, like what it adapts and what it doesn't. So, like, it went in with completely different characters, you know, um, at this point in the series. But then, you know, a couple seasons later, there's some stuff which is, like, shot for shot, like, you know, recreating, you know, a storyline from the comic Interesting. books. Um, so it's, it's one of those shows which is kind of – it's very easy to be spoiled – on stuff, even if it's not stuff that's even happened yet in the show. You know? Well, and you know, I mean, you know how much uh, pop culture analysis I consume. I'm, I'm vaguely aware that you enjoy so, that on occasion. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, um, I have a tendency not to be too careful about avoiding spoilers of things that I don't watch. Right, exactly. And, like, haven't really ever had any intention of watching. So, like, if it's, so if I'm reading, like, a list of, you know, because, like, sites like Vulture and Cracked and stuff that I read a lot of, um, they do like ranked lists of like the best character deaths or, you know, right. or just not even that, just like just random stuff about shows where they talk about things. And like, I, you know, if it's a show that I watch and I haven't finished yet, I'll skip over the section that references it. But like, I'm, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not careful about it with shows I haven't watched yet. So I yeah. think that's part of it. Anyway, other thoughts, um, and I, so I'm thinking that I already know the answer to this based on, uh, the, uh, relationship that they're having in their little survivalist wilderness <laughs> land. Um, but my first, my first reaction, I was really put off by the, not the opening scene, but the like flashback opening scene right. after the opening credits, um, the conversation that they're having in the car and like, <laughs> then the same chick, mind you. She'll bitch about a uh, global warming. See, this is this is when Reverend Shane wants to quote from the God Gospel and say, um, "Darling, maybe you and every other pair of boobs on this planet just figure out that the light switch see goes both ways. Maybe we wouldn't have so much global warming." You say that. Anyway, uh, polite version. I'm guessing that the the answer to my concern is yes. That was intended to establish the partner as like a raging misogynist asshole, and that's why that conversation was in there. Because otherwise, because well, because it didn't look like that was happening at first, and then I was and I was just kind of like, that was just a random, unnecessary, what a shithead. Like, what is this? Yeah, it's well, like, I think yes, and ugh. so so <laughs> th- that scene is definitely there to establish character, but I think it's also there for another very important reason, which is to establish sort of. 
um, this being the, the before times, just the extreme pettiness of, of their problems um, before all the shit went down. So, like, you know, the fact that this guy's an asshole, you know, um, there's that, but there's also, like, they're talking about global warming, about I saving mean, on the electricity bill, and then they're talking about, you know, just, just like, generally relationship problems and sort of um, stuff that, at the time, in that environment, it, it seems really petty. Oh, yeah, I I got that. I, okay. I, I got that that was why they were doing that, which is why I was like, oh, God, there better be a reason that they're doing that in this particular way. Oh, yeah. Because there are lots of ways to complain about, like, the problems in your life that suddenly become... It's his character. That suddenly become non-existent when there are zombies, but, like... Like, like I said, this show yeah. is very much one that invites you to yell at the screen and say, <laughs> fuck you, I don't well, like you, you fictional character. <laughs> and again, once it... Well, once it became clear that, like... And you said 30 days, right? He was in the coma? That's that's what they say in the comic books. I don't know if they ever spell it out in the, in the TV show. I can't remember. But, like... So, presumably, though, it hasn't been that long where, like, he's, like, immediately shacking up with his partner who is not necessarily dead like that like what do they what and they did they never go back to the hospital and look for him is this all answered when they get so reunited? they probably answer this later on i'm not gonna go into detail but i may, may, maybe sorry i be... just have i just i get the point that i'm the point that i'm driving at though is that once yeah. they made it clear that that was a thing that was going on i was like okay this is this is the kind of asshole who will who will start sleeping with his not he has no reason to believe dead partners well, wife within hold, hold like that a thought month. on the no reason to believe I mean thing. I guess he has something... lots of reasons to believe you know, it but no proof yeah exactly I mean like the thing where um at one point in the show where where it's uh I think they're getting the radio transmission uh, saying like hey we're stuck on the roof of the department store here and Shane says like we do not go after them we do not risk the rest of the group y'all know that so we're just gonna leave her there okay me I know that this is not easy. She volunteered to go to help the rest of us. She knew the risks, right? In one way, yes, it's an extremely assholey thing to say, especially to someone who is coming to terms with the fact that her sister might be effectively dead. However, you could also make the case that in a apocalyptic sur- apocalyptic survival oh, yeah, circumstance, no, it's practical. that that's the healthiest attitude. I think, and I think there's actually a real debate to be had there about whether or not being an asshole is like the the correct attitude. <laughs> I mean, um, I think, I mean, no, it's definitely it's definitely practical. I just, again, I was I was relieved. What I'm what I'm trying to say, I guess, is I was somewhat yeah. relieved to find out that he does appear to be rather an asshole and like there was a point oh, yeah. in establishing that he's an asshole <laughs> as opposed to just of all possible ways to establish their rapport and the the pettiness of their problems before zombies doing it in that way. <laughs> right. No, I mean so when one of the things about this show is that um it, like I said, there's a diverse group of people. They they respond to things in different ways, and I don't think the show ever really. I don't think the show ever really fully like endorses any one way of thinking. Yeah, there's a diverse group of people, and they left. And they left a raging racist on a roof. Yeah, and like the show, the show depicts all these all these diverse people, but I don't think it ever really endorses. Obviously, it it lays bare the fact that calling you know that that what Merle said you know calling him the N word is like. Is grounds for being handcuffed on a roof and left to the mercy of zombies. Yes, but at the same time, there's also a lot of instances in the longer arc of the series 
where people do like really reprehensible stuff that's way more permanent than calling someone an awful name, like stuff that's really, really awful. And the show just really kind of runs with it a lot of the time. Like it really like it, it steers into people are going to do stuff that's just really terrible. And, and if they, and you know, if those people were already kind of assholes before before the shit went down, it's kind of you know safe safe. It's to gonna assume. get real. It's it's gonna get accentuated even more in these sort of fight or flight circumstances. So um, that is something I actually yeah. enjoy the about the show. Is is it's not it doesn't it usually sometimes this isn't always true, but it usually doesn't make things too simple um, in terms of whether you think a character is right, which which is I think a, an asset as opposed to a weakness. No, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. Especially if, like, the whole thing, they're just going to be, like, trying to survive around zombies. Like, there has to be something to make it interesting. Right. And that would be the thing that would make it interesting. So we talked about Shane and the fact that, yes, he is an asshole. What did you think of Rick? Who is Rick? Andrew Lincoln, the star oh, of the okay. show. I, no, I did not really retain very many names. <laughs> and, no, like, no one called him by a name that I caught. Like, I didn't catch a name. Maybe there was a name. I don't know. I don't know. There remember. are a lot of people. I yeah. mean, he's he's fine. Uh, he seems he seems good. Uh, the one thing I I found it a little bit jarring when he um, when he like uh, went after the racist dude and like gave him that speech. Who the hell are you, man? Officer Friendly. Look here, Mo. Things are different now. There are no niggers anymore. No dumb as shit, inbred white trash fools either. Only dark meat and white meat. There's us and the dead. We survived this by pulling together, not apart. So that was like a super great speech about, like, it was a really, really solid, like, shut up, man, your racism doesn't matter. Now it's just white meat and dark meat. Like, that was a great thing. But it felt really sudden to me. Yes. Like, I agree. Like, moments before he was like, fucking shit up and not getting like the direness of the situation and like he's like just stumbled on this world and keeps screwing up because he doesn't understand like the new zombie order of things 100 percent. and agree. all of a sudden he's like hate crime oh no i get the zombies now i know what's up and it was just like what well that's something that is um you could argue this is a writing weakness i think a lot of people have said as much but it's also something that i think uh as i think about later stuff in the series that I'm not going to spoil, but, like, that you could also argue that that's maybe part of Rick's character, is that because he's the sheriff's deputy and he kind of, like, sees it as his, like, right or his um, his his duty to be able to step into a situation and lay down the law, even when everyone's just like, I'm sorry, what was your name again? You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I sort of I sort of assumed that was what it was. Like, I mean, it, it, it makes sense for, like, someone in law enforcement to see a situation like that and, and have, like, a knee-jerk, like, I'm on top of this right. now thing. But his whole point, though, was that there was the, the, the old barriers had broken down, yeah. so, yeah. No, I think, no, I mean, he was, you know, he was absolutely right about it, but it was just kind of like, it was kind of like, whoa, you arrived at that, like, really suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. I think one of the themes of these two episodes is just the change in power of just, you know, how this, this event, this mysterious event, you know, completely upturns everything. And um, Rick, coming from a place where he had, you know, power and access to weapons and authority, you know, when he's trying to get the gas can, when he's still, like, stupidly yelling, like, hello, police officer here, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, really he, wise. He He's still clinging, I think, to... 
a, a world that everyone else has had a lot more time to process and move on from. So, um, although that being said, Merle is also obviously clinging to some very much, you know, not healthy. Some shit. even some even older worldviews, really. Yes, yes, exactly. A world that <laughs> a world that like ninety percent of the the country has moved on mm. from. But anyway, I uh, yeah. I don't even I don't even want to say this, but I feel like that statistic is wrong. Um, yeah, I'm wishful thinking maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I mean overall. So overall, though, I liked it. The one other thing I will say is, um, and like maybe I just again like live in a world where where I'm too used to self aware and meta pop culture things right um although i will say that this the show does not not contain self-aware meta things for instance in the first episode when he rode into the deserted atlanta on the horse it was like so spaghetti western like classic like here's the sheriff riding into town and then like first crack out of the barrel in the second episode glenn calls him clint eastwood like so so like the show is aware of what it's doing which which sort of helps me raise the question and again Maybe I'm just too used to to things being self-aware and I shouldn't criticize the show for this, but I'm kind of like, so this is pretty clearly our world. It's not Mm -hmm. an alternate universe. This is Georgia. That's Atlanta. (laughs) Um, You know, and they have technology that puts it in our time frame, right? Right. And cars and everything. So um, is there no zombie pop culture in this world? Very good question, to which I have no answer. I don't think they ever I, really address like. It that. just seems it just seems weird to me that nobody's like, "This is like the Night of the Living Dead." What's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, or, or like, "Hey guys, in this one video game I play, you could do this and this." Yeah, like yeah. all of them. Yeah, yeah. It, you, that that was just kind of like okay. I I mean I can accept an, a, a slightly alternate universe where there isn't any zombie lore, but it's just kind of like strange, I guess. Right. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, it's kind of. Um... I guess the the problem with, uh, just hypothetically, if it were more self-aware and if people were saying that all the time, that would just kind of make for bad TV, I would think, because if they can't, if they don't have the electricity to show a movie or a video game, then it's just someone, like, recounting what happened. It would it would be sort of like this podcast, where it's just kind of people talking about something that happened, you know? And that's Hey, but we have the ability to intercut little clips from the thing, so... That's true. Like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put something there. Um, uh, but I mean, you would you would think that just even in like an offhand comment, like somebody would right. call them zombies, for instance. I don't know. It's that that's that part's kind of weird to me. Although that's a walkers, they're walkers. No, I know they're walkers, <laughs> but I just mean like just in general. I don't know. It's it, it's strange to me that there's no references. Although I guess I guess you know we we sort of always have to accept slight alternate universe uh, things about yeah. our pop culture. Like, um, I, there was just something in, in a, uh, in a Buffy episode that I noticed that, uh, would not have happened assuming she had seen the movie Clueless. Okay. Um, and to my mind, there's no universe in which Buffy Summers has not seen Clueless <laughs> unless it's a universe in which Clueless doesn't exist. Right. Because that movie came out in 1995. The show premiered in 97. So it came out before she was the Slayer, and we know, even as the Slayer, that she's this, like, exactly the type of person who would have gone and seen Clueless. Not to, like, because, like, I think Clueless is wonderful and everyone should see it, but, like, I'm sorry, (laughs) there is no, like, there's no popular L.A.-based 
teenage girl who's like life is all about high school and becoming prom queen in 1997 who has not seen clueless it's not a thing so what i'm saying is i guess we sometimes just have to accept that the pop culture worlds of our television shows don't make any sense right well i mean it's kind of like the pop culture within our pop culture right and basically in any movie with like um i don't know like arnold schwarzenegger or something like no one's ever going like holy shit aren't you arnold schwarzenegger you know it's it's kind of kind of the same thing there where you just have to kind of forgive a couple lapses in people's awareness of (laughs) of pop culture wait speaking of pop culture within pop culture have you seen don't trust the bee i i've heard of it but no I've oh not seen yeah it. oh my god it's so on the list okay sorry really? continue oh wow I, okay yeah no i i only recently watched the whole thing on netflix but oh my god it's so huh. good it's amazing really yes it's a wonderful wonderful show i saw a um it was one of those things where you know like before the movie trailers start if you get there too early they have like yeah. the video stuff first it's like called that, like first look or whatever right exactly so i heard about it through that and it looked really bad in first look it's so. not okay it's, it's oh it's delightful <laughs> It's so weird, yeah. but so delightful. Okay. Sorry. Sidebar. Uh, sidebar. Uh, it's tangent. The Walking we're, Dead, we're, zombies, entrails. Yeah. Gooey don't, don't, don't Trust the Z is, is the zombie spinoff of Don't oh, Trust God. the Z. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think of what else in these two episodes. Well, I mean, we, we didn't really get to see a whole lot of them other than, you know, Lurie and Shane hooking up but i mean um any did any of the other kind of characters leave an impression on you uh so far from what we've seen um no i mean mostly uh glenn seems cool i get why people dig glenn yeah he's like a fan Uh, favorite and yes i know (laughs) and um just based on what i've seen since yeah uh uh meaning on on social media and stuff uh no, basically the only characters that made an impression were like him and the person who you tell me is named Shane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I like why did they separate? I didn't understand why they separated. Why did he separate? Rick and the people that he met, like as far as like those are the only people he knew for a fact to be like alive and non-zombified. It was. I didn't, oh, you mean you mean the the dad and his son? Yeah, I didn't understand like their reason for going their separate ways. It was like, really? Well, I think Rick you just is kind woke of... up from a coma and you know, you don't know one. Why are you three not sticking together? Well, no, because Rick's motivation, his, his priority at that moment is find out where are Laurie and Carl, because he knows the pictures are gone. And he knows that they right. are somewhere out there. And whereas the dad and his son are like, you know, we support you in that. And, you know, we'll send you off. But like, they, they don't for them. You know, in this world, moving around is a liability. Like, leaving the indoors yeah. is a huge personal risk. And so even though didn't they're... didn't they say something about trying to find him later? Yeah, no, because they, they, uh, they split up. They, like, handed off, like, walkie-talkies. Because, like, I think he, the dad and his son are, like, going to go off the runway to, like, do something kind of in a more methodical way, maybe. Or, or maybe go back somewhere. I forget exactly what. Um, but then they split up. They 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 be, each have the walkie-talkie, so they'll check in. I think it's like every sunrise or whatever. Check in and see if we can hear each other. Oh, okay. So um, you'll you'll see them again. But oh, okay, that's good. I kind of like them. Yeah, no, I I love the Although actor will... who plays the dad. I, th- I think I yeah, think he's no, fantastic. He was, he was great. The kid. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like okay, I get that your mom is a zombie now is like a really traumatic thing, 
But first of all, he already knew this. This wasn't the first time he saw his zombified mom. And so it just didn't really, like, it didn't really... It's the first time we saw his zombified mom. (laughs) Yeah, but it didn't really read as, like, a natural emotional progression to me that Mm. the kids spotted the mom out the door or window or whatever and then, like, (laughs) sprinted to the bed and immediately, with no build-up at all, was bawling his eyes out. I was kind of like... We saw we saw no like there was no like getting upset or like no he just he just literally it was like zombie mom. <laughs> and I mean like okay, I get that and again like I said I understand <laughs> that it's like super traumatic but it was kind of like okay, kid actor or person directing this like maybe zoom in on his face while we see his face like start to look sad and then he runs away Fair. and cries or something. It was just very much like it was very what? much like I didn't even know where the kid yeah, went, exactly. and all of a sudden he was bawling his eyes out, and it was just kind of like, "What?" The 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 later scene where the dad is trying to shoot the mom and he can't. So that was good. so much better handled. So because good. We we just get directly inside his head of just like you know of of every the, the detail we pulls out the picture and like all the the, the method of all that. That I thought that was brilliantly done yeah, that for was exactly great. the reasons that the kid crying was not. So I exactly. I, I agree like. The, the the show you know it's it, it's definitely like like i said there's still stuff about the show that's this doesn't it's not always good even in its current incarnation um but like there's a lot of stuff in rewatching these episodes where i realize oh wow they were still really figuring out stuff like how fast do the zombies move and and just like really basic things that uh by now several years in they've really like set in stone um it's it's fascinating as someone yeah, who's, going who's back watched... to the beginning going back to the beginning of shows and watching them like find their footings at the very beginning is is yeah it's always an interesting experience like like at one point in the second episode a zombie fucking like hurdles over a fence and it's like that totally would not happen in today's show mainly for plot convenience but <laughs> um yeah there's all sorts of weird stuff like that but uh, yeah, I think that sums it up for for The Walking Dead. Um, unless yeah, you have any other closing thoughts. Um, I don't think that I have anything else. All right. Well, in that case, uh, Emily, let's uh, think about uh, the future. Well, actually, no. Here, here's one one more question: Is uh, did you enjoy this enough that you think you will watch more of The Walking Dead? Um. Yeah, I could see myself watching more of it. Like I, I, I enjoyed it and I liked, I liked parts of it. Um, but I definitely, well, the thing is it's <laughs> the trouble with that question is that the first thing that we did for this podcast was Dr. Who. And I got <laughs> immediately, immediately completely absorbed in it and went, uh, and as, as has been well documented in this podcast, went through and watched all of Doctor Who and Torchwood in like six weeks. It was absurd. Um, so that's kind of like a really high bar to set. Yeah. Like I don't, I didn't love it that much, right. <laughs> but am I, I don't know when the next time I'm going to find something I love that much and, and dive aggressively into is, I mean, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I could see myself watching an episode here and there. Um, but I don't think I, I don't think I binge watch. You could binge. It. Yeah. You couldn't binge it before. Maybe for gross out reasons as for, well. <laughs> yeah. Super gross. Um, for, for, uh, additional context though, we're, we are recording this in, uh, mid November. So it's the midst of fall TV season. Um, Fair, I yeah. think, I think there are, 
I want to say 13 or 14 currently in season shows that I'm watching. Um, and you know, more come back in January. So like in a lull, but like summer, come, cause summer come December, a lot of shows go on, go on mid season breaks and the January shows haven't come back yet. You know, I might get bored mm-hmm. and watch a bunch of walking dead right now. Yeah. Probably not going to happen. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'd say, I'd say I'm, 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 uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm just not like, I'm not going to dive in head first. Cool. Well, uh, until you get back to your, your fall TV viewing, uh, what I'm actually caught up at the moment. Oh, you are? Okay. Well, maybe in the intermediate time then before, before new episodes come in. (laughs) But it's, but it's Sunday. So there's three shows that I have tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, whenever we find the time to do, do a next episode, uh, what are we watching then? Well, uh, we are going to be watching another older movie, um, inspired by your, uh, some of your reaction to the third man, which I um, loved. Yeah. I yeah. Loved the third man. So we're going to watch a, a rather different movie, but, um, I think you might, I'm intrigued to see how you respond to it because of the specific things you responded to in the third man. Okay. Uh, it's a Humphrey Bogart movie called in a lonely place in a lonely place. Okay. I, I know it's. I think it's on our list. It's on our list. Okay. I like, I don't think I've ever even, that's even like crossed my radar. You know, there's like a bunch of movies that like I've either like had in my possession for years or that people have told me for years. Yeah, like a lot of James Bond movies you mean? Yeah, just to name an example, (laughs) stuff like that where I've just been too late. I've just finally literally last night saw it. No, yeah, it's not. Hold on, let me finish this thought. Literally last night I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey for the first time. I've never seen that. It's been, it's been... 15 years at least since I first started to watch that movie. So I get it t- some some stuff it gets on my radar and it stays there for a while. I don't think In a Lonely Place has ever been there. So this is this is I'm coming at this completely cold. Yeah, other than no, it's not Bogart. it's not um if you ask somebody to name a bunch of Humphrey Bogart movies, no one is going to name this one. Okay. I will I will But you say love that. it. You're a geek about it. Oh yeah. That's enough. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I've actually, I've only seen it once, but I super adored it. Okay. So I'm a geek right. about it in that I enjoyed it the one time I saw it. <laughs> well, looking forward to watching it. And until then, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob signing off. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com. Mm-hmm.